Hello and welcome to Broken Mind and Growing Confidence. This is Claire Edelston from Positive Life Workshops and this is funded by the National Lottery Community Fund thanks to the government. Today I'm going to talk about kind of what guided me to go towards mental health services to get help. So I discovered a blog online I think it was through Facebook, to be honest with you. And it was about something called PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So sorry if there's any men listening. Yeah, this, this one's a kind of ladies episode. But we can probably still gain some insight into how I help myself into this anyway. So I was really struggling with mental health. I was going into fits of rage from and feeling suicidal one week to feeling happy what, for a couple of weeks and then back down to suicidal and so angry all the time and I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what was going on. And then one of my, was one of my Facebook friends shared a blog that she'd written. So I, I think I'd found it on Facebook and she'd written about PMDD. And as I read it, it was like, whoa. I could have actually written that blog. That could have been my words that came out of my mouth. And it was like just so mind-blowing. So I started to read it and I started to like, yeah, yeah. So I started to look into what PMDD was. Basically, when I actually got diagnosed later on, it was diagnosed as severe PMT. Nowadays, you actually can get a diagnosis of PMDD. I really struggled and obviously I had a lot going on at home anyway. There was a lot of mental and financial abuse going on and he was drinking all the time and stuff like that. I wasn't happy anyway, so there was a lot of triggers to kind of make me go into a rage and to make me suicidal. Um, But I still had that couple of weeks of feeling, all right, where I could do my art and get creative and enjoy it and still do things. So there was a kind of a cycle going on. So I started to track my cycle and my moods. And I started to build up evidence to get like kind of support from my, my GP surgery from somebody. I just needed somebody to, to listen to me. So I tried for months and months to get people to listen and they just didn't. They just weren't interested. It was like, oh, another woman moaning about her periods again. And it kind of got to the point where one of my suicidal weeks, I really felt suicidal. I just wanted to walk in front of a bus and... I just wanted it to end and it to be over. I just totally had enough of all my whole my whole life, everything that was going on. I was living a lie. I was pretending that I was happy in, in my relationship and just carrying on and plodding on and pretending to myself sometimes even that everything was fine. And it really wasn't. So I got to the point where I literally broke down and took myself to the crisis team where I worked and said, listen, I'm going to walk in front of a bus if you don't admit me. And cried and spoke to him and talked and talked and talked. Now, because I kind of already done my research and I knew it was the PMD day causing the suicidal thoughts and the feelings and there was other stuff going on at home as well, but because I knew that it was in this cycle and I'd recorded it, I found it really difficult to actually take that step to get the help, but no one was listening. I tried for so long to get that help and no one listened to the point where I felt suicidal and had to get admitted. Now, in hindsight, I don't know whether that was a good idea of mine or not to actually get admitted to the hospital. But yeah, I think it was. I think it happened for a reason. So for 19 years, I worked in these services, probably about 10 years back then. I'd worked in the services, so I couldn't get admitted to the ward near me. I had to go quite far away. And those two weeks were the worst two weeks of my life. And I was feeling suicidal. Why would you put 
yourself into a situation, what's going to make you feel worse? Oh, it's just mind-blowingly unreal. So the only thing I remember properly from the actual admission is pacing up and down quite a lot in the garden, listening to my music, trying to get rid of the energy, trying to get the thoughts out of my head. Um, I nearly broke my hands, punching the wall, because no, no one would sit and listen to me. They just weren't interested. They were too busy doing their work, sat there doing nothing, or talking about what they'd done this weekend. Um, but the two main things that I remember are the activities lady, who helped, who was like one of the only people that helped me. And there was a healthcare assistant as well who really helped me. So that was Audrey and Ruth, if they're listening. They were the only two people who actually helped me on that admission. And I, and, I, and I was a member of staff who worked for the same company. And there was a nurse there. And it's quite difficult to talk about because the whole experience was spoiled by one nurse and one sentence. So I was feeling suicidal and that I wanted to self-harm. I wanted out of there. And I told her because I wanted help. I wanted someone to talk to. I didn't want to be feeling like that. And she just kind of said go and do it and I'll sort it out when it's done oh that wasn't the best thing to say because I wanted to talk I, I didn't I didn't want to work myself I wanted to talk I ended up trashing my bedroom and it was either trash the bedroom or trash the nurse and I'm a nurse myself so kind of reality kicked in and I stepped back and I just raged in my bedroom and nothing really happened nothing came of that I probably should have done a written complaint but I didn't I just carried on and kind of thought like let these get my meds right, get myself sorted, get myself out of here, see what I can do. But the consultant who actually saw me listened to me. Now, this was really surprising to me, considering that the whole two weeks stay on the mental health wards was the worst time of my life, and I'd been begging for someone to listen for months and months and months. And the consultant listened to me. I told her about the PMDD, told her about the cycles, so I told her that I'd tracked it all. Um, I showed her the evidence on the tracking and she referred me to gynecology. That's all I wanted. That was all I'd ever wanted to get that help. So I didn't feel suicidal every month. I didn't want to go through that every month. And she got me referred to gynecology. My life changed once I started going to gynecology. I went on an injection called Prostap and I had that every month and it shut off my hormones. It's what they give women when they have an hysterectomy, but it shut off all my hormones and it stopped my problems. I wasn't feeling suicidal. I wasn't going into fits of age anymore, but I still wasn't happy. I was still in that relationship. I was still being mentally and financially abused, um, being told I was ugly all the time, being told I was fat, being told I was a lesbian and being told that I wasn't good for anything kind of when they do it in a roundabout way and don't do it directly you don't see it straight away and it's only when you look back and you, and you look into what's actually happened and what was said and what was done that you realize like not a nice person not a nice person at all but life goes on doesn't it and the gynecologist sorted me out with me um, injections and things just carried on things carried on I started getting help so I still <sighs> I was getting help with all my mental health and from the crisis team, from all my family and all my friends and everyone was around me. Everyone was really supportive. Just tried my best to keep going and I was happy to be back with the kids. And then all of a sudden it just kind of went from things were all right because I was on medication and just carrying on with life and plodding on and da 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 da. Like, mm, okay, so let's come off this medication. 
things were alright. This came off my mental health medication because I'd sorted myself out with the prostap injections. And whoa, I was alive again. I knew what was going on. I knew I was with a, a horrible person. Uh, I knew that I wasn't happy and I knew that things needed to change. And I knew that I was the one that had to do that. And I was the only one that could do that. There was nobody else who could get me out of that situation because nobody else knew exactly what situation was in because I hadn't told anybody. So it's kind of, yeah, you're allowed to. You've got to move on. You've got to take that step. And it was still so difficult. It took probably a couple of years after that. I had two kids with him. I've been with him for 10 years. And when you're kind of in that situation, to stand up and say, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. It's quite an embarrassing thing to do because you don't want people to think, oh, that's that one who got divorced. That's that one who's got kids with everybody. And, and that's where your mind goes. And you know what? It's the best thing I've done. It took an event to happen for me to actually leave. So friends were supposed to be coming round one night. And we saw a lot of her. We were going to have a few drinks. Kids were in bed. We'd been to the shop, got a few beers and this, that and the other. And the friends came round and he went, right, we'll see you later. And he went out for the night and left us there. That was my big cross. Not a chance. That was not happening to me. You're not putting me in that situation where you're lying to me. <laughs> why lie? Why not just say to me, I'm going out tonight. Is that all right? Why, why say, oh, everyone's coming round for a drink? and then just go. What is the point in that? So that night, I kind of sat there. I lay in bed waiting for him to come home, didn't come home, which was quite a regular thing when he went out. The time before he went out, he got arrested and got put in the cells, and he came back the day after. And it was just like, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not doing this anymore. And it was just like someone had pushed the button and said, just go. So I got all the Christmas presents out of the stashed place, put them all in the boot, Got a couple of bits and pieces for the kids, not much. Put that in the boot. When the kids got up in the morning, give them the breakfast, got them in the car, went to my mum's and never went back. It was hard because he was messaging all the time and I still got the messages, still. It's just, there's no need for it. To try and get somebody back by saying you're going to kill yourself is not a good way. It was just more abuse towards me. It was just more trying to hurt me. And I got beyond that point. I'd hurt myself more than he could ever hurt me by then. And it was more, most of it was due to him and reasons that he caused. So I wasn't willing to put up with that anymore. So I left and I went to my mum's and I moved. Moved straight into my mum's and never looked back. Didn't even go back for any of my stuff. Just left it all there and started a new life. Best thing I ever did. Girls are quite a bit older now, getting into teenagers. And they don't really, they've not had any contact with him for quite a while. But they I think they've had the odd text quite recently, but we'll see how that goes. But I kind of, I know how hard it is to make that decision. And when you're in that situation and you need, <laughs> even if people know and people are telling you to leave, it's not as easy as that. It's not as easy as that. You need that moment. Uh-uh. No, not a chance. You need to get that, that, you need to get that fire in you for yourself. You need to love yourself enough to be able to let go of what's holding you back. And it's a really difficult situation to be in. I know it is. Um, but it's just about taking steps and knowing that if 
you've not got the parents behind you like I had to go to that did support out there and things like that. There's people that you can talk to. There's loads of stuff from the councils and stuff like that. You can come and talk to us in the Facebook group. So we've got Broken Mind and Growing Confidence is the Facebook group. And if you go to Positive Life Workshops CIC Facebook page, then you will find the group there. So that's it for episode two, and we will see you next week for episode three. Episodes will now become weekly, and I will let you know within the group when we're going to be having a monthly podcast. Or you can subscribe, which will be fantastic, and then you will know when we've got a podcast coming online. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Leave us a review, subscribe. Come and join the Facebook page, Positive Life Workshops Community Interest Company. Membership and the mini courses will be available soon. We also have a group, Broken Mind and Growing Confidence, as well as the Ladies Wellbeing Group. Thank you for listening to Broken Mind and Growing Confidence.